Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 237, and today I am really excited to share with you this conversation that I just had with one of our listeners of the TAS Podcast. And uh, I'm going to share with you every single thing that we discussed because I had to get him on the show because he posted this in the Facebook group, which is amazing, by the way. You guys are awesome that are part of that community. And uh, he really broke down this really, I guess, non-traditional way that we're launching products. I mean, it takes a little bit more time, but he breaks it all down on how he built his own launch list, a very small launch list, by the way, but did really, really well. Also, how he used free press to gain exposure. And uh, we're gonna discuss every single thing that he did that you guys can you guys can model, you guys can take bits and pieces that you want to away. But really, what I want you to understand is I've been talking about this for, for quite a while, that there's really power in building your your own launch list, whether it is to launch new products or to spike sales for a current product, whatever it is, it's a really, really powerful tool and asset that we all should be doing uh, down the road. So if you're not doing it already, it's okay. You still have time. You can do it today. You can do it a month from now. But I really want you to take away everything that he's done and see the power in it and uh, and how you can do this internally, not just relying on Amazon, which is pretty awesome. All right. So before we jump into that, I got a couple of things I wanted to mention here. Number one, I want to go back to the Amazing Seller uh, Facebook group because uh, you guys are are awesome. And I wanted to uh, I wanted to give a little shout out here to one of our listeners and one of our our members inside of the Amazing Seller uh, Facebook group. Group. And uh, this is what Carlo Santarelli, I think I pronounced that right, Santarelli, Santarelli, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I didn't, I'm sorry, Carlo, but Carlo posted this in the group and he has a picture of a hammock in a tree looking at, it looks like his house or someone's house and uh, looks like a nice, beautiful deck on the back and everything. And this is what he wrote. I have never been this excited in all caps. He says, guys, this is the first time my entire life that I've made money sleeping. Yes, woke up and there were sales. Scott, you have been such a blessing. Thank you for all you do and everything you taught us. Press on, my friend. I love it. And, uh, you know, here's the deal, right? And you know, we all hear about this, like, you know, making money while you're sleeping. And, and I get it, right? I mean, that's revenue numbers. And, you know, we're not saying that that was profit. But once you get things rolling, that is what can happen, right? That is what we're after, right? We want to be able to have sales on a regular basis. Funny story real quick before we jump into this. You know, I, I have someone that I've been kind of coaching a little bit on the side, a friend of mine, and uh, just kind of giving some advice and stuff. And, you know, she she wanted to possibly give her product to a retail, a local retail. And I'm, I'm thinking that that's okay. That's good. But here's the deal. Like they might sell 20 or 30 units a month, right? Don't you want to go after the masses and where you can actually not have to go and hand deliver and, and kind of do that whole thing, right? And I guess that's for another conversation talking about retail, but thinking about not having to really go into a retail store or or have to manage retail people locally, um, that to me just seems like a hassle. But being able to, you know, as, as Carlos said here, sleep or not be paying attention to your business in a sense for, you know, a few hours and then see that there's sales coming in, that's pretty awesome. And whether that's one sale or 10 sales, 
The biggest thing in the beginning is getting started and getting some type of result. And if you can get that that result to see that, wow, this thing can really happen, whether that's a dollar or a hundred dollars, it doesn't really matter. The key is to get some results from the work that you've put in. All right. So a little bit of a tangent there. Sorry for that. But uh, I did want to uh, just kind of you know, give you my thoughts on that. But Carlo, congratulations. And uh, I'm glad that you you were able to taste a little bit of that because, you know, that is possible. And that does that mean that that's always going to be the case? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. But it is showing you and, and others that this is something that's possible, whether it's on Amazon, whether it's on your own platform, whatever. All right. The last thing I wanted to uh, remind everyone that either hasn't attended or maybe that uh, is brand new to the podcast, first off, say, hey, welcome. And also to remind you that we do a live workshop where I break down the five phases for launching your first product and getting to that, that first $100 day, right? That's really the goal for me to be able to teach you through this process. And you can register for an upcoming live workshop by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. We'll break everything down, five phases, and then I'll also do some live Q&A there as well. So definitely go register for that. So, all right, guys, I'm really excited to share with you my next guest, uh, one of our podcast listeners. His name is Kent McCorkle. He's a college professor, smart guy, and uh, really, really interesting on how he's going about launching his own product. So enjoy the interview. Hey, Kent, thank you so much for coming on the TAS podcast. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, man, not too much. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Actually, your Facebook post in the TAS group uh, kind of got me interested. Uh, you know, I know we emailed back and forth after that, but uh, you wrote a pretty lengthy post. And I got to be honest, we get a lot of people that will, but sometimes what'll happen is they'll do that, and it's really just to kind of uh, sell something on the back end. And and <laughs> right. and uh, and yours was uh, it was was totally legit, and um and it, it got a lot of feedback, and it really. It just—it was awesome to be able to see you break everything down from a new seller's perspective. Um, well, yeah, so that's really what I want to do. I want to dig in because you have a really unique style of launching that I haven't really heard a lot of people do. Well, because it takes work, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and you put in the work. I mean, you—you you did a really good job. So maybe you can give people a little bit of a background of who Kent is, and uh, and then maybe uh, kind of how you got like the bug to kind of get into this this Amazon thing. Sure. Yeah, my name's Kent McCorkle, like you said. I actually grew up back in Indiana, but now I live in Southern California, where my day job is actually here as a college professor, and I teach chemistry. I guess it was about four and a half years ago, I kind of got the Amazon bug. I had a friend from my church, and he was telling me about this thing called FBA and Amazon. I was like, now wait, what a minute? <laughs> well, how's this work? Yeah. And he was one of those guys that was going out and just buying stuff, kind of retail arbitrage at your Walmarts and TJ Maxx and stuff and flipping it there on Amazon. So I think it was 2011, I think, was our first kind of Christmas trying that. So remember, we started it. It was uh, 9-11 of 2011. We, in that first fourth quarter, we sold like $42,000. And I was wow. like, holy cannoli, there is something here with this. Wow. That wasn't all profit, of course, yeah. but I realized there was definitely something there. Um, so I was pretty pretty busy though with work and family and stuff the rest of the year. Sure. But the next fourth quarter, though, we kind of did it again. And we made another big chunk of change the next fourth quarter. But I guess one of the hiccups I always saw with this was it was so hard to build a really like, sustainable business mm. because you were so reliant 
on just whatever you can find at stores. You know, sure. so you're having to run around to Walmart and city clearance sections and, like I said, Marshalls, TJ Maxx's, Targets, whatever. And it just wasn't a real sustainable business model. So I'm like a huge podcast fan. I listen to tons of podcasts. I'm getting to hear about this thing called private labeling here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I really kind of realized maybe there was a, you know, a better model there where where you can have your own product so you're not competing you know, for inventory. You're not having to run around to stores mm-hmm. and waste all that time. Oh, yeah. And you're not competing as well on like price. Well, I guess, you know, so just over a year ago, I've listened to your podcast. I mean, it kind of felt, you know, ready to take the plunge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have my summers off, you know, which is nice. So my project last summer was to, you know, really you know, to try to find our first private label product. And I didn't think it would be as hard as it turned out to be, <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, so I used Jungle Scout, yep. which I heard about through you. Actually, I still reference back to my favorite episodes of yours. is episode episode number 56 with Greg Mercer. That was just such a pivotal episode for me, I think. You know, he just so you know, broke it down as far as his criteria mm-hmm. and stuff, that Jungle Scout tools. So I went right out, used your affiliate link and got that and stuff. Thank you for the coffee, uh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. And I used that. Did you have any idea? Because the Jungle Scout extension for Chrome, you know, really you're going on and you're kind of already kind of doing your own keyword research or you're, you know, you're kind right. of, did you have any idea by what you had already sold maybe through retail ARB and online ARB, any of that stuff? Or did you just kind of start from scratch and go, I'm going to find something, or maybe you had a pain point. How did you kind of start going down that path? You know, I didn't really have a whole lot of guidance, honestly. And that's kind of where I could like save myself some time, I think on the back end, if I had done that. So basically where I started was I was willing, you know, to sell anything that was profitable, I think at the time. Sure. I mean, I did know like some categories that I had success with through the retail arbitrage. Okay. So I sold a lot of toys. I sold you know like some household goods and kitchen stuff. And I started there, but I spent weeks. And I just couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. And I think the weeks actually ran into months and I was like, what am I doing wrong? So I think I might have just been way too picky, I think, you know, in a sense. And like a while later, I actually heard that podcast you did. I think it was episode 68, the $500 challenge mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, if I'd heard that earlier, I think I would have tried something like that where I wouldn't have to, you know, try to fight for a perfect product, but it's just something that's kind of close and, you know, just throw it out there and see if it see sticks. If it and sticks. if not, do another one. Yeah. But I was just thinking, oh man, you know, I'm going to invest thousands of dollars in this. I really want to make sure it's going to be right. I know. Um, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> and it, it is. It's risky, right? I mean, it is. I mean, oh, yeah, if you're buying exactly. uh, name brand stuff and you're reselling that like retail ARB, you're pretty much not guaranteed, but you got a lot you know, better of a, ch- of a chance to just throw something out there and, and sell it um, because you're selling off of someone else's brand. When you're starting something from scratch, it's definitely scarier. So, definitely. you know, I, I totally, I totally can relate to that. And I know a lot of people can. Now, now let's say you, you got through that and then you were able to to get that product that you uh, you know wanted to go ahead and sell. And did all the numbers look perfect or were there still some doubt? No, okay, they, did, they did actually. Okay. Um, well, the way it kind of wound up actually happening was the thing you mentioned earlier as far as the pain point. You know, I realized there was something out there that was missing for my family. You know, we've been trying to find a certain kind of product and I thought, you know, I wonder if this exists out there. And I really couldn't find anything um, like it. And the numbers worked as far as, you know, the low number other reviews sure. and the good volume and all that stuff. But the price point was a little low, honestly. Okay. It was more like the $15 range or actually or actually lower. Okay. But the reason, though, I thought there might be a winner there was our product is a, um, a consumable product. Okay. You know, so it is going to be kind of um, uh, so something, you know, somebody, somebody, you know, they will buy. And if they like it, they're going to buy it again and again and again. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I may not get as much up front, but I'm going to have the repeat sales. Unlike, say, you know, garlic press, you sure. know, it's a one time purchase. Right, right. Or, or things like but that. Garlic, so thought, but garlic, oh. on the other hand, would be that consumable, right? So we, if right, we sold yeah, garlic, yeah, exactly. Right, right, yeah. 
I, I get it. And I, I think that's that makes I think people also, if they're into that right now, it makes total sense because if you're thinking about that one product and that's all you're gonna sell to them, that's why I always tell people a product line is a smart idea. But a consumable, you would you don't necessarily need as many sales because if they like it, they're gonna buy it again and again and again. And that lifetime value of that customer goes up. Right, exactly. And you almost begin to build up like a base, I guess, mm. with my theory, you know. So I had five subscribers and then ten subscribers, you know, and so on and I so like on. That. And I have those, you know, regular sales I can count on. Plus, you're always still bringing in the new customers in that sense. Absolutely. The difference, I guess, then as well, well, since it was consumable, you tend to not want to go you know, overseas for that kind sure, of stuff. Sure. So I actually had to find a manufacturer here in the U.S. or Canada. So that was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, the like the manufacturing cost tends to be a little bit higher on that kind of stuff. Sure. But your shipping's lower, I guess, because you're not yeah. sending it from China or whatever, and it's a lot faster to get your shipping into. So a little bit of a trade-off there in that sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, okay, so you, you know, you you did all the work and you got the product now, where you're going to be able to source it, and you've done your your legwork and all that stuff. Now, what I want to do is get into your your launch because it was a little bit different. I like it how how you did this, and I want to hear how you did it here. So it's way here we can break it down for people because it's not your traditional launch. So maybe give us the, th- the you know the thought process maybe, and then kind of from there maybe the steps on on what you took to to kind of get this thing launched. I guess I'm not exactly sure where I got all the different ideas, but I'm sure it was just a combination of various podcasts and things you had said and other people had sure, said. Sure, sure. Also, I guess I'm just trying to see if I could launch it as cheaply as possible, mm-hmm. you know, in a sense, too, without giving away 100 products for free. Sure, so, sure. I, so I guess I, kind of like in hindsight, I would kind of break it down into like three phases, kind of like a pre-launch, a soft launch, and a hard launch is what I'm kind of calling okay, it now. Okay, okay. Um, so the pre-launch phase was once I had the product chosen – and I placed the initial order. I knew I was going to have several weeks or even months until it was actually there. So I kind of went through the whole thing of you know, trying to build a mailing list, you know, so trying to get a list of some interested, you know, potential customers and such. So basically, it kind of started out first with kind of like Facebook groups, you know, and stuff and blogs, you know, kind of like related back to my target market and stuff. And I had a little bit of success there. But honestly, though, the thing that really worked for me was I just put it out on my own personal Facebook, and I just kind of told people, hey, we're doing a new company and stuff. If you know anybody who might be interested in our product, tell them to click this link and join our mailing list. Okay. Of course, you have to be a little bit careful there because you can't have family and close friends giving you reviews later. Sure. So I was more trying to get friends of friends and stuff and them to spread the word for me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no. So once I got them onto the mailing list, I guess over the next few weeks, what I did was I created like a six-part kind of autoresponder series. And I just used MailChimp, you know, for that. It's really cheap. It's like nine bucks a month mm-hmm. or something. What um, was the offer to those people that gave you their email address? Just did they reach back out to you or did you send them to a landing page? Like, how did that look? You know? Yeah, I had like a landing page at the time. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so what I did was I gave them like a, a link in the landing page and I just kind of said, you know, hey, we're launching a new product. If you want to be part of it and stuff and help support us, you know, any of your details here. It wasn't anything fancy. Okay. There's no kind of like lead magnet or anything. These weren't, you know, like total strangers, sure. you know, they're more like friends of friends and stuff and acquaintances. Mm-hmm. I guess some of those folks down the line wound up being strangers because they, you know, I didn't know personally. Yeah, they might have shared it and then uh, another person might have shared it and another person might have right, shared it. And yeah, then they didn't know of exactly. you, but they knew of the friend that, that. I think I did mention actually on there that uh, once we launched, we would give it away at a discount. Okay. If there was a mention of that, okay. you know. And then so um, through that first phase, though, that you're working through right now, like how how long is that phase that you're you're collecting? Now, you don't even have the product currently yet, right? It's still. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So basically, my kind of timeline there for that was as long as it 
took from the time that I ordered it to actually get it in stock. Okay. I think it was around eight weeks. Uh, it was kind of like the production, you know, the kind of the queue and everything for mine. Okay. So it was almost eight weeks, I think. So, yes, I was getting to put out the landing page instead of just try to share it, try to get some traffic through Facebook groups and, like I said, you know, friends of friends and things like that. It had like a very small list, honestly. I think I got up to 131 people. So it wasn't like a huge still good, list. Though. That's still really good. I mean, that, that's okay. a, oh yeah, no, I mean to get your, I think for anyone <laughs> to get a hundred people to volunteer right off the get go. And that was just through Facebook. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Mostly just through Facebook. That's crazy. That's, that's really great. I mean, and that's, that's just my your, friends to share, you I was know, for say, me, it's, just, yeah, it's like your little, your little home network, you know? Um, no, I think that's, that's awesome. Um, so 130 and then from there you sent them and I'm kind of looking through your Facebook um, post here and you broke it down. I mean, you were said email number one, email number two, you broke it all down. So what I'm going to do for people that want to see all this, I'll link up all of this in the show notes to this episode. So, um, right. I'll give you, I'll give every, everyone the link to the, uh, you know, to this episode, um, a little bit later, but just understand everyone that's listening. There's a lot of uh, detail that, uh, Kent has poured into this, into this, uh, post here, which is really awesome. So, um, you, you broke it down into a six part email sequence and basically, can you just briefly go through what that was designed for? Was it just designed to keep them informed or posted? And then, you know, once it's ready, it's ready kind of thing. The real point, I guess, a couple of points, I guess, you know, um, one point was just to try to kind of introduce them, you know, to us and our family, you know, really want to you know, try to make more of a, you know, like a personal connection with, you know, so they would feel like, hey, there is a real product. It's not like some big nameless, faceless corporation. Sure, sure. Um, so I just sent out, like I said, I think it was a six-part series, basically one day apart, you know. I just kind of shared about, you know, us, what our pain point was for, for like the impetus for the product creation, how our product is, you know, better, made sure, you know, where features are going to be part of our product, the things we wanted to avoid in our product, you know, et cetera, and things like that. Okay. Yeah, so I guess just more of a way, you know, just try to get people excited and stuff and connected, you know, with us and our brand and stuff. So when we actually were ready to launch, you know, they'd be like, okay, hey, hey where's it at? You know, I want to buy it right now. Right, right. Kind of now, thing. now, were you looking at your open rates and stuff like that in MailChimp? Did it allow you to do that? Yeah. How did they look? So like the first one, 65% open wow. rate, 57 That's great. 51, 43, 46. Okay. So yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, that's really oh, good. Oh. And anyone that is kind of new to the kind of email kind of marketing, you know, stuff, <laughs> it, I mean, getting a 25 to 30%, that's like, uh, that's high in, in the industry. Uh, yeah, the know, average it says here is 53.6% was the That's phenomenal. Rate. Yeah, that, that's really great. I know some people are like, well, why don't all of them open it? Well, it's because <laughs> it's email and, you know, <laughs> people are busy and they're on social media platforms. But um, I think you did it right, too, by, by sending out those in a row and keeping people engaged. So that's really cool. Um, so awesome. So, okay, so then at this point, you're probably ready now to... Um, to go ahead and launch at this point, do you, do you have the product now and then do you announce it? Yeah, today? I guess I'd always kind of thought that once it was ready, I would just do the typical, Hey, I'm going to give away a hundred products, you know, for free or for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the more I kind of learned, you know, I was wondering since I had such a loyal base like subscribers, sure. if I could do something maybe a little bit different, you know, so and not have to give it away at a loss. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so actually what I did first, so I didn't even use my personal list I built up, but I just went back to Facebook again and I said, hey, our product's here. I'm looking for a couple dozen volunteers who are willing to buy it. So we can give us some feedback. But again, you cannot be family except for close friends. Right, <laughs> you right, kind of spread right, the word right, kind of thing. Right. I think I had 20-ish volunteers for that. Okay. And my kind of goal was to try to get like a base number of 25 reviews. Mm -hmm. And then once I had that then I wanted to do what I called the hard launch, you know, once I kind of had the foundation. Because sure. I kind of figured it was kind of silly, you know, to promote it out there with Facebook ads and things like that until I had some reviews. Sure, sure. 
so yeah, so I think I got right around 20-ish reviews from that. And then I actually did go over to Thomason and I tried Thomason. Although, honestly, I was doing a product there, you know, for free. And I didn't have nearly the conversion rate, I guess you would say, on that. So I gave it like 14 of those. I think I only got maybe a half dozen back, okay. actually. Okay. Um, so I guess in hindsight, what I would have done, I just would have gotten, you know, all of them through acquaintances. Uh, yeah, I so, think it's a hit or miss on, on any of those platforms. It depends, depends sure. on the product, depends on the time, depends how many other offers are being out there. So, you know, I, I've seen it work really well and I've seen it not work so good. So I think you fell on the not work so good side. So yeah, unfortunately, definitely. but you you were you were just doing that as an additional kind of thing. You weren't just relying on right. Thomason. So, uh, so I, I yeah. like that. So uh, so what I did basically, like I, like I, like I said, though, I was going to email these people. Okay, so once they were interested... Then I just emailed all of them, and I just said, okay, so here's how I want you to buy my products. So I asked them you know, to go onto Amazon and just search for our search term and scroll through all the pages until you found this way down, way down on page 14 or wherever, and then to buy our product. And they were just buying it at a full price. You know, They weren't even asking for a discount wow. at this point. Wow. So I sold around like 20 seconds said that way, plus the 14 I gave away. And within about three weeks or so, I finally hit the 25 reviews. Um, one thing I also did as well as part of like the soft launch part. So, so I first I emailed them and I kind of told them, you know, how to find our product. And then I also emailed them and asked them, you know, to go ahead and to maybe review some other products. Mm-hmm. So our product wasn't the first one they'd reviewed. Sure, sure. I thought it might look a little bit suspicious if all of our reviews were often first time reviews. Yeah, right, right. Kind of the thing, you know, in that sense. Right. So I mean um, I mean to kind of give people the perspective here too and, and kind of what you're what you're doing here with with telling them to go 